Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the front lines of Houston sports. Let's go! You're in the trenches with N.D. Kalu. N.D. Kalu. Welcome and happy Wednesday to everybody out there in Radio Land. I am N.D. Kalu. Here's Chris Agordi and Jacob on the other side of the glass making it happen until 12 noon talking all things sports with that special emphasis on the number one sport in the history of sports. And you'll also hear the voice of Big Sarge of Big Sarge Sports as he's helping us get on that social media platform and digital platform and obviously dropping some nuggets every now and again. Hey. So sh- what's going Wait on? Wait a minute. Whoa, hey, is whoa, that your whoa. tag sign or what? tag sound? Yeah, my hey, what's going on? You know, y'all this Netflix big Sarge. Has theirs, yours is hey. Yes, exactly. So every time How'd you, you come up with that. Oh, because so in the military, you know, they got their names on the front so that's how you remember everybody's name right but when you see them out somewhere you don't really like oh that's sergeant jackson right there so you don't really know so what is throw out that noise so i'll put it like this (laughs) what is the international word for greeting someone when you don't know their name Hey man, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Gotcha, yeah. So I don't know everybody that listens to me or follows, so I just go, Hey, what's going on, everybody? So that's your special personal shout out to everyone. Yes, because I'm too old to remember names. I respect that. Indy. Yes, sir. I have a question for you. Uh oh. Do I have an answer? We'll see. I, I I'm about to see. Can you name a player, right? A former player that you would think when you look at him, you're like, oh my God, he was great. But then you go and you look at the stats and you be like, eh, he wasn't so good. And I'm going to tell you who mine is. Want me to tell you who mine is first? Hold on. So just the initial thought of said person, you think, oh, man, he's great. Then, oh, then when you look at the stats, you're like, you know what? He wasn't that great. Yes. I will say this. I was led to go look at the stats, but the person for me is Troy Aikman. Really? Yes, because when when I think of Troy Aikman, I think of the best quarterback in the history, the Dallas Cowboys. I think of the Super Bowls. I think of one third of you, you know, obviously the the great trio of uh, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith. But when Troy Aikman actually he led me to go look at his stats at one point, and I thought he was just being not self deprecating, but being overly humble. He said, no, Tony Romo's a better quarterback than I am. Like, and I was like, wow, that's, you know, most Hall of Famers don't, they, they'll go to the grave claiming they're the best ever and they were underrated. So then I looked at the stats and I was like, he was good, but he wasn't as good as I thought. So Troy Aikman, would, and I still respect him as being great because yes. when I was young, I would just watch him and they would, you know, he would lead the team to victory. So but Troy Aikman will be that guy for me. So for me, it's Bo Jackson. And when I look at Bo Jackson, I say, wow, Bo was great. But then I go and look at the numbers and I say, nah, Bo wasn't that good. Well, wasn't Bo has his hip shattered? Come uh, on, man. You, he hey, played, you hard on the brothers. Yeah, like, he, <laughs> uh, but hold on. He, he only played what? He think he played four years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Right? Four years in between baseball and football. Right? 
But when you look at it, Indy, they sell Bo Jackson to us as, oh, my God, here's this running back. They sell him like he was Jim Brown or like he was Barry Sanders. But he wasn't. He's never rushed for a thousand yards. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. I like to challenge your takes, but you might be on to something. I, I, I should have brought the belt. I knew that he was hurt. I knew that his, his. I mean, we all know that his career was cut short. I will say this, and maybe it's what he does, what he did in college. You're right. Out of all the older players, out of uh, not out of all of them, but he is one that they continue to throw, you know, in our face. Like, mm-hmm. hey, he was great. He was great. He was great. Similar to what you would expect out of a Dion. You, you know, yeah. Dion was great. Uh, Michael Irvin, whoever it may be. But for a guy that's not in media, you, you're right. They do continue to throw Bo Jackson out there. The man, Tecmo Bowl legend. Do you, you know what? <laughs> You laugh at that. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. I'm I'm pretty sure. That, I mean, because you think about it. You remember the what? Didn't he run up with Brian Bosworth? Yes. You re- remember that? You yes. remember him almost being tackled in the middle of the field by, I think, two Buffalo Bills players, and then all of a sudden he kept going, if I'm not mistaken. Or you see him getting a sweep, going around the edge, running down the field. At that at that size, to have that type of speed. Now, I'm not saying that I did not like, like watching Bo Jackson, but what I'm saying is, he isn't as great as everybody try to make him out to be as far as NFL is concerned. His, his college stats were better than his pro stats. Yep. Yeah, well, well I mean, most guys are going to be better. Well, I guess no, you can't say that. No, because you only played well, four years in college. You can't compare. It's two different sports. Because Mahomes was But you are, you are on to some because they do throw him out there. If I'm not mistaken, he's on a recent commercial uh, marketing something. But he is one that if you didn't know, like these youngsters, like Jacob, if they didn't know – and have a chance to watch him live, they'll be like, oh, he must be one of the greats as far as uh, stats. But no, if you would have asked me how many thousand-yard seasons he had, I would have guessed three. And he split time with Marcus Allen, if I'm not mistaken. So I get it. But what I'm trying to say is, and Chris. What made you even think of that? I, I I was scrolling through Twitter, and I seen a highlight of him. And I was like, Oh, wow, look at this highlight of Bo Jackson. Then I realized there was this thing one time where people was like, you, if you had to get rid of one, who would it be? And it was like Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, and Bo Jackson, and I forgot who the other person was. And everybody was like, I'll get rid of Emmitt. And I was like, before Bo Jackson? Like, Bo wasn't as great as y'all thought I got, he was. I have another one for you. Who was that? And he played a long time. Andre Risen. Herschel Walker. <laughs> Yes. This man played 11 years and had two 1,000-yard seasons. Was that, was that including the USFL years? Um, no, this is just straight NFL. Now, again, very good, but the way they talk about him, mm-hmm. you would think get Ricky Williams had more career yards than Herschel Walker. He's another one that I think, <clears throat> like, one of the greatest college players of all time. Right. Not – not so much pros. Like Amon Green has a thousand more rushing yards than Herschel Walker. To put that into perspective, I forgot. And we Houston don't consider Texas. Amon Green as one of the best of all time, right? And Herschel Walker, his name is always thrown out there, uh, as, and and you can't even say well it's because he was injured. This is a guy. His first year was in 1986. His last year was my rookie year in 1997, and he played in every single game. So it's not like with Bo Jackson, it's yeah, but. And you also have to throw in the fact that Bo Jackson played two sports when you talk about Major League Baseball and. and Dion did too, though. Well, but Dion's on. I, I would yeah. even say in comparison to Bo Jackson, Dion's in a different stratosphere yeah. of the way he's thought of. Yeah. Dion's. 
You can argue Dion's one of the greatest athletes of our time. Top period. five. It, yes. If he has 900 rushing yards this season. Who's he? Texans Mark Ingram will pass oh. Herschel Walker on the all-time rushing list. Well, he's not going to have 900 this year. <laughs> if, if, if he had... If okay, he has, 850. He'll get the, the other 50 next year. If he has 900 this year, either something went incredibly wrong or incredibly great Andy, for him. we added a 17th game, okay? <laughs> this isn't crazy to, to ask for. How is that backfield going to play out? When you talk about the Texans backfield with Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, uh, that's the starter right there. Philip, Lin- on March on March thirty first, we 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 would all assume Philip Lindsay is going to win that job. But keep in mind, like I feel like somebody in that front office feels like they still need to justify the David the David Johnson DeAndre Hopkins trade. Go, who knows more? David scripture. Johnson is the uh, he's won the starting job. You know what? And I would be somewhat okay with that. If you have a two-headed monster at the running back position, you can be okay. You remember when San Francisco, when they went to the Super Bowl, you know, it was on the backs and on the shoulders of a bunch of uh, running backs. Oh, yeah. It was a group effort, yeah. You you can have that scenario where it's David Johnson and Phillip Lindsay, then you throw Mark Ingram in there. But usually when you have three at the running back position, somebody's upset. I think gone are the days, like, as the NFL continues to evolve the next couple years, I don't think we're going to have workhorse running backs anymore. I think it's all going to be by committee. Like, think of the NFL right now. Who are like the just Derrick Henry, I guess Zeke Elliott, but Tony Pollard plays a lot now. Like, Dalvin Cook, like, how many other just workhorse backs? Kamara. 25 carries. Yeah, Yeah, but he gets more in the passing game, too. Like, there's games where Kamara will have like seven carries. Like, he, you know, he gets more involved in the passing game. So, like, I just. I think gone are the days of just that workhorse guy, other than like Derrick Henry's like the only guy that still will get 25, 30 carries a game. I think the reason is not just, is not because you can't have it. I think because once you get past the top tier, the top one tier of running backs, you second, third, fourth tier, whatever, they're all pretty much the same. And if you have multiple running backs, you don't have to commit so many dollars to that one guy. So if you have a Tony Pollard, if you have a, you know, that's a bad example because he's with Ezekiel Elliott. But if you have two good running backs, or you feel that are two good running backs, you don't have to commit the demo- the dollars uh, Aaron Jones was able to demand from Green Bay. Christian McCaffrey was able to demand from Carolina. Then after he signs his big deal, he's nowhere to be seen. So I think it's more a team saying, you know what, not that I don't think uh, Mark Ingram can carry the ball 25 times a game. We just don't want to pay that one guy at the running back position. Guess who's doing a press conference today with the Texans? David Johnson. Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm not that excited about that signing. You think he's going to be like NRG, whoop, whoop, like he did. Like he did Lamar Jackson. <laughs> like he did big, what did he say? Big trust, big whatever. They talking about Lamar Jackson. He was his hype man. Yeah, but. He uh, is, like, my buddies who worked with him in New Orleans, like, he, he is a good dude. Mm-hmm. Good person, very spiritual, very, like, he is, he is a role model that, you know, he doesn't go get massages from shady Instagram people. He is a role model that you like want to look up to. It just sucks because it does feel like this is the last leg of his career and he's not going to play much of a role in Houston other than maybe maybe he's a locker room guy. Maybe he's the guy that's going around and, hey, look, my 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 best days are behind me, but let me help the young fellas. They, pay, they put too much on that. And trust me, I wasn't, you know, they told me, hey, we're bringing you in. We're drafting this guy number one. Uh, we expect you to help mold him in Mario Williams and kind of show him the way so he can go on to have a 10, 12-year career. But 
you really don't do much. I was excited about that role. Oh, you know what? That's pretty cool. Let me. <laughs> but then I saw him. I was like, what am I going to tell this 6'9", 290-pound guy that can run a 4 or 5? Uh, all I can say is, hey, if you need any advice, give me a holler. But he pretty much can handle I, it I himself. Think, I think back to the when, when they drafted Jadavian Clowney. Do you think J.J. Watt went up to him like, hey, man, anything you need, I'm here. And Clowney's like, no, nah, I'm good. Probably. <laughs> like, look, J.J. Watt is a first ballot Hall of Fame, but – J.J. Watt is probably not looked at in the locker room the way fans look at right. him. Right. You know, the guys in the locker room, they may be in awe of him. They definitely respect him. They understand his ability, but they, they, they don't buy into the whole, oh, man, if J.J. Watt's going hard, then I need to go hard. No, I'm, I need to go hard because I'm a professional as well. Mike, we see you parked there. We don't want to rush you. Quick timeout. And then there were four. We'll talk about the final four and the matchups. Was U of A screwed by not getting the prime time slot Saturday? We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday. If you want to jump in, it is not Tuesday, it is Wednesday. Hope you enjoyed your Tuesday and you're now enjoying your Wednesday. And if you want to jump in the trenches with us, give us a holler, 713-212-5790. I know all the alum and fans of Gonzaga and UCLA are enjoying oh, their days. Let me just throw in real quick, mm-hmm. uh, our buddy Mattress Mac at Gallery Furniture got a really cool deal that he is uh, giving away on our station if you head to sports790.com, there's a register to win tab from Gallery Furniture. Click on there, put your info in. Mattress Mac, we are going to give away not one, but two different trips to the Final Four this weekend. So if you are a big Houston Cougars fan and you want to go to Indianapolis and see them in person, Mattress Mac has taken a group of Houstonians and a couple of Sports Talk 790 lucky listeners are going to get that chance to go. So if you want to register, just go to sports790.com. Register to win, and uh, you will be flying out. I believe I heard the details are Friday at 4 o'clock, the plane leaves. So if you if you want to go, if you can pack a bag really quick, head up to Indianapolis, and you want to go see the Cougs in person in the Final Four, Mattress Mac Gallery Furniture taking care of you. All right, Mike wants to talk about your question, uh, Big Sarge. What's going on, Mike? How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, love the show. I'll always miss me while I'm on the road. Thanks. I just was uh, wanted that you know I'm a big I was a I've been a longtime Raider fan uh-huh. and one of the reasons Bo Jackson never got a thousand yards is because every time he used to play baseball with Kansas City they were always in the playoffs so basically he wouldn't even come in to almost half the season. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, and that's why we're the most interactive show in the world. So it wasn't just injuries, and I think I remember that now that you bring it up. I was a youngster at the time, so he was missing games due to the baseball uh, season. Is that right? Yes, sir, and, and like I said, if he would have played a full season, he'd easily have over 1,500 yards. And if his carries, because he was sharing with Marcus Allen, he, if you look, he would have 100 yards carrying, yards rushing, I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. he would always only have like 13 to 15. All right, good stuff. And, uh, one more, and, Go ahead. And one more other point is uh, don't count out UCLA. Uh, they they look tough. I mean, they play with a lot of heart, and uh, I'll shut up and listen. All right, here's what I'm going to say about that. I never disrespect athletic teams, especially on the collegiate level. I never disrespect the underdogs. So this isn't out of disrespect for the UCLA Bruins, but I'm counting them out. After watching Gonzaga over this tournament, 
man, they are going to be <laughs> tough to beat. Gonzaga will beat UCLA. Shout out to UCLA for being an 11 seed and still being alive as we get to the Final Four. And beating Michigan, that hurt because I was really rooting for Jawan Howard. I wanted to see him get to the finals. But you know what, Mike? I'm, I'm counting them out because I think Gonzaga – they're just too strong. I mean, they – and here's what I like about their coach, Coach Few. Usually you have these coaches, when they have the success, they're saying to themselves, we, you know, we're not there yet. We still uh, need to win two more games. We're not celebrating. And it was refreshing to hear him say when he was asked about the uh, undefeated record, about uh, – you know, stay in the course because they have two more games. And he said, no, we're going to enjoy this win. Like, we're going to celebrate. It is tough to get to the final four, and we're going to celebrate this win. And I just thought I was appreci- I appreciated hearing that, and it wasn't that coach speak where we don't care about this. We're going to only worry about winning the whole championship, and if we don't do that, we're big failures. He was saying, no, there's over 100 teams uh, playing college ball and we're down to the final four we are going to celebrate this and then after the celebration is over we're going to get ready for our next game but i just think gonzaga and it blows my mind that a school in spokane washington have you checked out their roster and where the guy they're recruiting it from russia from australia uh one of their best players uh drew timmy it was a five-star recruit out of richardson texas uh then obviously you have the stud that jalen suggs who's supposed to be a top three pick he's out of minnesota the the way they recruit and get guys from all over the country, all over the world, to go to Spokane, Washington, to play uh, basketball. Shout out to Gonzaga well, in that program. Let's keep in mind they made the tournament twenty two straight times. Yeah, so it's it's not like they're uh, the school that you know. Every now and then we have a nice run. I mean, they are in this thing every year. They are a basketball school, and you know, basketball. Yeah, but how many times when it comes to recruits, do you hear? them going to Gonzaga. Like, Jalen Suggs is the highest recruit that they've had. Yeah. It's it's not like Kentucky. They tend to get like a lot Duke. of the cast-offs. Right. Um, you know, guys who transfer from Kentucky mm-hmm. or things like that. But there was a kid just this past week, that five-star recruit, that chose Gonzaga over Kentucky. So just to let you know where they are. But uh, we talked about this the other day. They got to break through and win. They've been a runner-up oh, once. Oh, yeah, they, they have to win it. And Baylor, too, by the way. I mean, they've been a runner-up once. you got to go back to the 1940s. So two programs that we said all year long, those are clearly the two best teams in college basketball this year, but neither team has ever won one. Both teams have a chance. I look at it like this, too. Indy, I'm going to take you back to Saytown. <laughs> I want to talk about he reminds me of Greg Popovich. You know, Greg Popovich Who's would uh, – Yeah, Mark oh, Few, Coach okay. Few, gotcha. would go – and, I mean, think about it. He'll go get talent from everywhere. Right, I mean, he right. went to France and got Tony Parker. He went to Argent- was it Argentina, where yeah, Manu Ginobili was from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you see what I'm saying? He goes and he's like, I'm going to go and get wherever the talent is, I'm going to go there. And so I like that. I watched. But not just go there, but then get them, them to come. come. To <laughs> Spokane, Washington. Right. And even because we always talk about them like, you know, like I mentioned and like Chris just mentioned, since 1999, they've been in the tournament that I think I remember from uh, the research we were doing. They've been to four uh, final four, no, four elite eights and like 11 sweet 16s. That's yeah, what this it was. Is only their second now you have final guys, four. Now you have guys that aren't just good teammates, but good players. Uh, Corey Kispert, you know, he's supposed to be a top top 10 pick. Then we already mentioned Jalen Suggs and who knows what's going to happen with Drew Timmy when he's uh, of age. He, I don't think he's ready for the NBA now, but when you're 6'10 and you play the way he plays, he might be a top 10 pick. So they're actually getting the individual talent that 
that you just aren't used to seeing them. Get. They boring like the Spurs too, but that's another story for another time. Win, winning is not boring. It, they they look look. Last night I finally watched them. Suggs is a monster. And I like their offense. Mm-hmm. They stay within themselves. They don't try to. They don't get out of their out of their system. They run their system, and it works. It works for them. Suggs but, has that Allen Iverson feel to him because he was a real good football player too. Oh, was so, he? Suggs was a guy that was a Division One talent in football. So I didn't. Uh, I didn't yeah. start watching. I didn't really start paying attention to Gonzaga until last year when they had uh, Hachimura, who plays for the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started watching them then, but the one thing that I do like about Gonzaga, and they're going to be a problem for anybody that they face here on out, they're big, Indy, and by them having that type of of height and the way that they play, they, they're relentless to the boards, and like I said, they play within their system. They don't get out of, look, if one guy knows the only thing I can do is post up, turn around, and pass the ball, mm-hmm. that's what he's going to do. Right. He ain't trying to dunk. He ain't trying to cross you over. So that's what I like about them. Were y'all surprised that U of H Baylor, a one seed versus a two seed, they get, the, excuse me, the four fourteen time slot? <clears throat> then uh, Gonzaga against UCLA, they get the prime time slot. Now it's Saturday, and people aren't missing it because of work. But with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. I kind of get it with the history with UCLA, Bill Walton, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and all the great players ever play there playing against Gonzaga. But I get the sense that game's gonna be a blowout. Well Maybe. I think I think it was I think it was mainly whoever Gonzaga's playing, that's gonna be the that's gonna be time the prime zones. time slot. You got two West Coast teams put them on the later. So you think it's more time zones than it is the station, the network saying this is this is who more eyes are. They tend like baseball baseball playoffs, they tend to like West Coast teams will get the later time slots and all that because of the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. When you got Houston and Baylor, two Texas schools, yeah, put them on the earlier one, put the two West Coast teams in the later slot. But Gonzaga is also the the number one overall seed. They deserve to get the primetime slot. If you want the primetime slot, get the number I, I one overall that. seed. I, I guess, but the line is now up to fourteen. I guess I just feel like and I could be look, you never know until you actually play. I just feel like the U of H Baylor game is going to be a better game. Either way, Saturday is going to be fun because I'm parking my tail in front of a television set from 4:14 until the Gonzaga UCLA game becomes a blowout. But I'm expecting a good game with Baylor versus UT. I mean, excuse me, U of H. I expect Baylor to win that game, but with Gonzaga UCLA, I have a feeling by halftime people are well, going to be. Why watch on TV when you can go to sports790.com and get on Mattress Max Plane and go watch it in person? <laughs> 
Would you go if they if they asked you right now? Absolutely like, not. Why not? I am a homebody. I love the comforts of my home. <laughs> caveman. Yeah, That's your like new nickname, Caveman. <laughs> I just like being at home. Like, I just want to see you wearing a U of H shirt, U of H hat, U of H foam finger, and send it to all your rice buddies. I forgot what it was. I lost a bet to Andre Ware, and I had to wear a U of H hat. <laughs> Ryan, we see you parked there. We're going to take a quick timeout on the other side. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. In the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Got everything, I got everything I cannot complain, I cannot I don't even know how much I really made I forgot it's Welcome man, welcome back in the trenches Exclusively on Sports Talk 790 If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790 Be a part of the conversation Talking a little Final Four For what I, I don't know if it's because I always get into March Madness, but I'm enjoying it more this year. And I don't know if it's because of the pandemic and as things are starting to try to get back to normalcy, I'm a little more upbeat about things. But I've just I've really enjoyed this year's uh, March Madness compared to the other years. I have when it comes to because, you know, I like watching. I mean, not watching, but I root for U of H Mm -hmm. to win because it's Houston. But I'm going to be honest with you. I've been enjoying, enjoying the women's side more than I've enjoyed the men's side. Like last night, I started watching Gonzaga a little bit, but then, I mean, UT was playing South Carolina, so I wanted right. to watch that. And then that Louisville-Stanford uh, game, that was an amazing game. Shout out to Town for Kristen Williams. I think that's her name, the young lady. They, her, her family was in the crowd. They had shirt says, she's finally come home. Nice. Yeah. You, you know, that's where the best athletes are typically from, San Antonio. Just real quick on the tournament. They have seen the most upsets. They set the record for the most upsets in the history of any tournament. Do you think part of that is because of what the world is experiencing? I think it has to do with the not being sold out arenas. Mm-hmm. I think that has part to do with it. Because what, what happens? Typically, the higher seeds bring the more fans, bring the louder atmospheres, and, you know, we've seen these double-digit seeds hold off. You know, some of the big, some of the big dogs. So I, I think that's part of it. I, I think next year when we get back to the full sold-out arenas, I, I think we get more chalky again. Well, I also think that the, if you look at this tournament, I think there was the seating. I think the seating was not. It, it's never the seating's never perfect, but I think especially this year there were a lot of teams that were underseeded and, and also overseeded. I remember hearing a basketball head talking about Syracuse saying they shouldn't have been seated. The way yeah, they yeah. Were. Well, that, that was one example that they used. Yeah, it, the fact that they were in the first four was was kind of head scratching. Oh, quick NBA note: Demarcus Cousins and the Clippers discussing a contract. So Boogie's been sitting out there ever since he asked for his release from the from the Rockets. I want out of here. Okay, release. And now he's been sitting around waiting for a contender to come calling. Same guy who said that, well, we only want players who want to be here. And you know what? <laughs> he didn't want to be here anymore, so he left. So you can't hate on him for that. Ryan, what's up, Ryan? Hey, what's going on, Cousin and Kalu, man? You know, is it just me, or do you guys notice a difference between being a Houston sports fan this week than last week? I mean, we had the Deshaun disappointment. It seems like such a downer last week. And now we got the Astros, you know, taking that first pitch tomorrow. And we got U of H in in the Final Four, man. All of a sudden, it went from, oh, my God, what's happening? Hey, this can be fun. You know what I'm saying? And I'll, I'll listen to you, Andy. 
No, appreciate the call, Brian. Uh, thanks to University of Houston and more so Rice Women's because they did what University of Houston is trying to do. Third, third day you brought that up. In winning the basketball. Let's see uh, how many tournament. days in a row he brings us up. So Rice Women's basketball winning the NIT tournament. You know, they, they weren't Final Four. They weren't semifinals. They are the champions. So between what they're doing and what U of H is attempting to do, you're absolutely uh, right, Brian. There's some good news and something fun to talk about. Some uh, other times coming out. The Pro Days are going on today. LSU's having theirs. Florida's having theirs. And uh, I bring that up because a couple of guys that are expected to go in the top five, top six mm-hmm. uh, picks in the draft. Jamar Chase at LSU uh, just ran a four three eight forty at a six foot one wide receiver. 41-inch vertical, 11-foot broad jump, uh, 7-second three-cone drill. So he has basically locked himself in to be a top-five pick in this year's draft. And then Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, he is 6'6", 245 pounds, just ran a 4.44. 40. That, that's disgusting. Like, like that's, that's disgusting. I will say <laughs> These this, These guys are though. built in a lab nowadays. These times... It's pretty convenient that these times are a whole lot better now that they don't have the combine. You know, it's a different well, kind of... Uh, but they're saying the NFL scouts... Like, typically, it used to be on your pro day, it would be, you know, okay, whoever such and such coach is there, and he's keeping the, the time. No, and the then scouts put, all kept the time. Well, but, but like, they would post it on, like, the school website. They said, like, this year they put NFL guys are there giving the official times out. So, like... It's, well, I wasn't even worried about who's, who's doing it because they could bring them a little... Uh, robotic devices for the timing yeah. is the running surface. You know, that's the thing that everyone hates at the Combine in Indianapolis is they say it's a slow surface. Right. And now that every, and I say everyone, it's only a few te- a few times that I've really listened to Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State, running a 4-4. But it's just funny now that people are having their pro days in the comfort of their home stadiums, their, uh, their times and results are a whole lot better. Have we ever seen a, a case where someone had a pro day and they didn't look too hot? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, oh, yeah. the combine, Orlando Zeus's uh, son, Orlando Brown Jr., the starting tackle for the Baltimore Ravens, who's going to get a pretty hefty payday within the next year or two, he had a historically bad combine. Are you talking specific to pro day? Yeah, just I'm talking about, yeah, not, so not, not combine, combine, just a pro day where. Oh, that happens every year. Where you're at your home turf, and you're you used to. Bad. And you still do bad. Oh, it happens. I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's one that's been so. It was so bad you remember said player's name, but no, everyone's gonna have a, a day, a bad day, a bad outing. But it's also an advantage to do those type of pro days at your school. Oh, you're right? just so much more comfortable. Like when I went to the combine, you you're like, okay, where am I going? Uh, you, you know, am I in the right group? Uh, you know, which scout am I am I supposed to be in front of right now? And it, you, you're just not comfortable. Then when I had the pro day, and I just say I, not to bring it back to me, but just out of my experience, uh, you're just comfortable. I'm like, oh, I'm alright. I'm gonna go down the tunnel. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know where I'm going, and you just feel like you're at home. Let, so let me give you a little bit, helps. a little bit more on Kyle Pitts. He had the longest wingspan than any other wide receiver or tight end in the NFL in the last 20 years. 83 inch vertical or 83 inch wingspan. He had 22 reps on the bench press, 33 and a half inch vertical, almost an 11 foot broad jump, and a 4.44 40 time. Look, what we've talked about taking a tight end top five. This dude's not a, like this is not your everyday tight. This ain't. Uh, Darren Fells, all right? Like, this dude is going to be a baller. Right, but when I look at 6'6", 240 as a tight end, that's a little slide in the backside. I'm wondering if he can block, or is he just a glorified 
wide receiver who's going to line up in line as a tight end. Because Kelsey yeah. can block. And for big as he is, he, he definitely can block. Yep. And so I know this is probably not a name that people want to hear. And, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to talk ill uh, or bad of, of someone who's not here on this earth anymore. But, I mean, Aaron Hernandez was a monster. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that on the field, I mean, I've seen – so I've seen Kyle Pitts before. So give me – if if one, two, three, four, I'll go quarterback like everybody's expecting. Cincinnati five, Dolphins six, Lions seven. Where does Kyle Pitts go? I'm still not taking the tight end in the top. Really? Yes. Yeah, me either. Even with these now, numbers. I, I don't play the guessing game. You know, maybe Detroit thinks differently, but no, like those. <laughs> they love taking tight ends <laughs> in the first round. Those numbers are impressive. Uh, I mean, those are, like I said, it's disgusting to run a 4-4 to be 6-6-240. But no, I'm still not taking a tight end. We, we, Eric Ebron. You, uh, you remember Eric Ebron? He had a heck of a combine and pro days, and he's just now kind of finding himself when he should be towards the end of his career. No, that. Every year you're going to have that 6'5", 6'4", 250-plus guy who runs a 640 time. I wouldn't get overly excited about it, but this is not saying anything about Okay, look, look this up. Since you're looking up his stats, mm-hmm. uh, did he play or did he sit out this year at Pitts? Oh, no, he played. He, okay. he balled out. I mean, if you watch him at Florida, he was ridiculous. When I mean, he was Kyle Trask's go-to weapon, and I was with Kadarius Tony, who's also going to be a so first round pick. What were his numbers? So he ended up getting concussed in, I think it was the Florida game and missed a couple games, but uh, still had 43 catches, 770 yards, 12 touchdowns. See, those are very, very good numbers. I, I don't want to poo poo that, but when I think because in college, I don't care if it's SEC, Pac 12, Big 12, whatever it may be, when I hear a tight end, 6'6, 240, runs a 4'4, I want to see those thousand numbers. Well, he played in eight games. Yards. So, okay, so take that, extrapolate that out. Okay, the, why did he play in eight games? Because he got so the concussed. Georgia game, he got he got hit going across the middle, got concussed, left that game, and then missed the next game and the and the LSU game. All right, so now I, I'd be more concerned about how easily he gets a concussion versus how fast he runs a forty time. Because once part, you get it once, then you're well, more susceptible. He, he came back game. in the SEC title game against Bama, seven catches, one hundred twenty nine yards. So on now a touchdown. that's big yeah. because Bama's defense yeah. looks like an NFL. He's going, yeah. Tell defense. me about Patrick Sertan and all those guys, and tell me what I did against. Him. And the sad part about it is the Cowboys picked tenth, right? They they they're number ten in the mm-hmm. draft this year. It would be so Jerry Next Jones. Next Jason Witten? It would be so Jerry Jones to take a tight end like that just because of but hold on the now. numbers. Hold on now. Tell me what that offense is going to look like. If you got Dak, Zeke, Tony Pollard, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and Kyle Pitts, well, what would you, if you they'll got, score 40 a game. You got you already got a great wide receiver. Of course, not enough football to go around. So but no, Blake you don't Jarwin and Dalton Schultz aren't aren't my favorite at tight end. Hold on now, before you start poo pooing on Blake Jarwin, he's really good. Before he got hurt, he was in that system, and Schultz is learning his way. Like they have capable tight ends in that offense to do what they need to do. They don't need the football a lot. Kyle Pitts is going to demand yeah. the football. And Jerry's going to be like, hey, make sure y'all get the ball to that, the, the new guy. Yeah, Kahali, rookie, Kahali Waring is a sleeping giant, too. See, but he also <laughs> had great numbers. That's why I don't get too excited he about the numbers. He won like this, though. Come on. This, guy's go- this guy is going top five. All right. but I don't care where you go. I care what you do when you get there. Trademark that. Quick timeout in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. First to 10 for Colt McCoy. Going deep here. Shipley got a man feet. 
78 yards on the pass play from McCoy to Shipley. Welcome back in the trenches. Colt McCoy, the guy with the best name in the NFL for a quarterback, signs a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. And why am I bringing that up? Because one, he starred for the University of Texas. And two, when guys don't make it and they don't become the big names in the NFL, but they're still pretty good quarterbacks, this is the type of career I want to see them have. If Vince Young wasn't really an NFL quarterback, he should still be stealing from the NFL. He should still be backing somebody up, making a few million dollars per year. Colt McCoy is doing it right. 11th season coming up, and he signs a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals to back up Kyler Murray. I expect him to make the team. He's also the type of backup where if, God forbid for the Arizona Cardinal fans out there, Kyler Murray gets nicked up and he has to miss four games, you can envision a scenario where Colt McCoy goes two for two, uh, two and two, thrown to the likes of uh, our guy DeAndre Hopkins. I like this signing, and shout out to Colt McCoy for extending his million dollar paychecks. Are you serious right now? Like this is like you really serious about this? That Colt McCoy is a backup quarterback? Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I wouldn't. Colt McCoy couldn't be my third string on Madden. He 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 he's he's good to hold a clipboard. Mm -hmm. He probably still has great hair. Cause I feel like when you look at like great hair, I don't know what his hair looks like. Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> Sean McVay, those type of guys, those good hair guys, right? So I feel like that's Colt Isn't McCoy. Sean McVay bald, balding. I no, he, I don't know. Oh. Last time I seen him, he got great hair. But anyway, okay. that's what that's what Colt McCoy reminds me of. I I I don't see a scenario where if uh, Kyler Murray goes out for a month, they go zero and four. They don't go two and two. 0-4. Yes, Cole, it, 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 he's past his time, indeed. I'll say this is an upgrade over. Who was, oh boy, they had starting at the end of the year, Chris Streveler that nobody had ever heard of, or John Wolford, which one was it? No, Wolford was with the the Rams. Streveler was the, uh, the, the Cardinals guy. Chris Streveler. You know what? I didn't realize he went in the third round, Colt McCoy. I didn't yeah. realize he went that high. You know what? Maybe I still am a little bitter towards Colt McCoy uh, in that national championship game against Alabama. When he was knocked out of the game? When he could have came back and his dad yeah. didn't want to mess up his draft on, status. I had money status. on Texas. Allegedly. Allegedly. Wait, you're saying Colt McCoy said, I can come back in, but my dad told me not to. He was going. That's the, the rumor. That's the rumor. That's why I said allegedly. Rumors. But, I mean, and, and, and wasn't that Gilbert almost won the game still, but Colt McCoy could have came back, man. This is a national championship game. You know why he didn't come back? To protect himself so he can have an 11-year career. So he can go in, third round. In an 11-year career in the NFL. So that we call that a business decision. 11-year backup. Him. You know what that means, right, Andy? Yeah, $40 million in the bank. That's the equivalent that's that's to working at a job and never becoming the – like you never become the boss. You just – they gave you supervisor. $40 million in the bank. Ask Charlie Hurst how that backup uh, life is. <laughs> Isn't it weird, though, like when we talk about a quarterback and the guy you signed to be the backup, typically you, you – you think like so Kyler Murray has a bit has running ability mm -hmm. so like wouldn't you want to sign a guy to be the backup that skill sets fit the same offense I've never, that's one of the things that I've never understood where you have certain type of guys right. but your, their backups are totally different so where when they have to come in you totally have to change your playbook last year Lamar Jackson had RG3 and they were one of the first teams to do it but you're you're I'm 100% with you. That's why Nick Casario brought in Tyrod Taylor. He's well, not really a runner. He brought him in to be uh, a he, starting quarterback. <laughs> yeah. 
Speaking of Nick Casario, he was on Albert Breer's podcast last mm-hmm. night. Brought up some interesting things. Uh, first off, Nick Casario was asked if he still believes Watson will be the quarterback for the Texans this year. Yeah, I think we'll take it one day at a time. And, um, you know, I think everything is is pretty fluid here. Um, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll adjust as we go. And ultimately, okay. I think we'll do what we feel is best for the Houston Texans organizationally. Okay. So you'd be open to a trade? I think ultimately we'll do what we feel is best for okay. the organization. Translation, hell yeah. Wow. We don't want that smoke anymore. Nick Casario asked if he has talked to Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't want to get into any, any comment about what conversations have taken place with players. I think I've talked to a lot of different players. Um, you know, those conversations are private. You know, those conversations are to remain between the respective parties, and I think that's out of respect to, to everybody involved. Translation, no. <laughs> Lastly, Nick Casario talking about Watson and the legal process. I think the legal process is, is kind of a separate entity. Um, that's a pretty active situation. Um, so, you know, we'll leave that to, um, you know, to the authorities and, and from that perspective. Translation, we do not have his back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I don't you know. Don't. I don't know if we really got a lot out of that. You, you got absolutely nothing but out Nick, of that. Nick Casario is very tight-lipped, close to the vest. Doesn't really say anything, but uh, what we did not hear there, there, ND, is we stand by Deshaun. He is our guy. He is our starter. I don't know what's going on, but we stand by him 100%. We did not hear that. If you were the GM, Chris, right? If you, if you were the GM, would you, though? Because they said this case, a case like this could take over three years to finally settle. Would you get rid of him, though? I don't know. It, it, it's, it's tough, like, because... Because of what had already happened. Like, if if Deshaun had not already been trying to demand his way out of Houston and everything was hunky-dory and going good, I think that they would, you know, like, I think I think they would have his back more here. I think they would say, look, we understand there's allegations out there. They, we're, they, still, they we're still waiting to hear about all that, but Deshaun not, is our quarterback. Not publicly. They wouldn't have, have his back. But that's not necessarily having his back. It's just saying... Look, we you know we'll there's allegations out there. We're waiting to see, but yes, Deshaun is our quarterback. I know media members get all, "Ooh, we got this guy. We got Nick Casario in for an interview." If I know those are the answers I'm getting, I wouldn't <laughs> like. I'm not even. I just wouldn't want him. Like, but that's that, not that's, like I've already. That's nothing. Again, I I separate like the moves Casario's made. We we've said we like them. We like the moves that he's made so far. At least making this team competitive this year. On the flip side. He sucks in meat. Like I do not like him in the media set. He doesn't. He gives you nothing. He seems smug. He seems like I'm the smartest guy in the room. I know what I'm doing here. And then that's combined with the trusting Easterby part of it too. And I'm okay with that. I don't care if my GM is media savvy or media ready as long as he's making the right moves. Out of the 670 signings, I really do like two of them: Terod Taylor and Philip Lindsay. And I also like the Shaq Lawson for. Uh, for the death purpose and the the competition. That's going to be fun to watch Jacob Martin and Shaq Lawson going at it during one-on-one drills against the offensive line. Shaq Lawson, the guy who had his... No one knows about that. Uh, okay. No one knows. Like, so you got to explain it. Like, <laughs> look, here's one thought... thing. Like, you get more caught up in rumors, and I think you think more people know about that stuff than do. Well, that's because like, No one knows... Who's the lady that you you emailed or texted me? 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, I think her name is. You don't is... know her name anymore. Like, no one knows the controversy. Tiana but Trump. I know you, I know Tiana Trump. And she Look, works you, in the adult, adult film star. Okay, right? so She's a, And you know, if you, you watch the cartoon Captain Caveman, you remember that Captain Caveman? Kind of. That's I you. That. Anyway, <laughs> the, she, she put out that. Uh, she accidentally leaked Shaq Lawson's tweets. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, his tweets or Instagram messages about him wanting her to be his girlfriend. And Wait, how do you accidentally leak that? That's not even news. How do you? But I'm saying, how do you accidentally leak that? So, that's the story. That so I he had. didn't want to meet up with her. He, he he said, "I want you to be my girlfriend." No, no, no. You know what? I'll read it at, later on. No, I'm reading the headline right now. It says. Tiana Trump links Tiana leaks Trump. text from Texan Shaq Lawson saying he wants her to be his girlfriend. Yeah. That's not news. I, I don't think it's news is, either. Is Are you Justin Timberlake? The news is how do you accidentally leak those? You gotta go through a long process. I'm just You're like too busy he's not to asking go. to meet up. He's asking her to be like that's weird. Man, he's shooting his shot. Quick time out. <laughs> We're gonna catch up with Matt Buller, talk about those Houston Rockets in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. <laughs> You're in the trenches. Stand up, get your hands up. With ND Kalu. ND Kalu. Welcome in, welcome back, and we are switching gears and talking a little Houston Rockets NBA basketball. No better person. I mean, really, if you're talking Rockets, there's no better person to talk Rockets with than our main man, Matt Buller. Not only did he win on the court, he's taking care of business off the court, does a great job breaking down the team and breaking down the sport, and he does it from a position of experience, and he joins us for two segments today. Matt, how are you doing? We got the three-man roundtable again, myself, ND, Chris, and Big Sarge. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, actually, I got my second uh, my second vaccine shot yesterday, so I'm actually doing really good today. And I uh, encourage everybody to go get a vaccine, and uh, and uh, we can put this uh, COVID pandemic behind us. Everybody can stay safe, and we can get back to going to our favorite sporting events and you know filling the arenas with uh, fans and watching the. Watching the Texans and the Astros and the Rockets. Good for you. I did the Johnson and Johnson, so I only had to go once. So yes, I'm bragging. Nice. I'm, I'm bragging on you, <laughs> and, and I didn't feel doesn't any it, uh, you, side effects. Doesn't it make you feel better when you, uh, you, you know, it takes a little stress off you when you when you know you're vaccinated, doesn't it? I will say this: when I walked out of the hospital, I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Uh, I, yep. But I, but you know what? I'm still doing. I'm still masking up, and you know making sure I'm taking care of those around me who may not have received it just yet. That's great advice. Good stuff. All right, let's get right into it, Matt. Unfortunately, uh, yes, no, not yesterday, Monday, the Rockets fall to Memphis 120-110. The last time they played Memphis, it was a complete blowout. So is there any? are there any moral victories there, or a <laughs> loss is a loss is a loss? Yeah, you know, the Rockets have had a rough season this year, and, uh, and there haven't been a lot of uh, – uh, a lot of times when everybody's been healthy. In fact, the Rockets have the most starting lineups of any team in the NBA. The Rockets have had 31 different starting lineups in like 46 or 47 games. So it's just been, 
you know, patchwork from Coach Silas trying to trying to find guys that are healthy and and uh, able to go. But uh, but over the last five games, the Rockets have been uh, looking up offensively. If you compare the last five games to the previous twenty games, uh, the Rockets are scoring eight more points a game. Their field goal percentage is going up by three percent. Their three point percentage, which is really important, has gone up by over seven percent during a. During the 20-game losing streak, the Rockets were shooting 28% from the three-point line. But over the last five games, they're shooting 36% from the three-point line. And 36% is right about league average. So, uh, you know, the Rockets under Coach Silas are still taking a lot of threes. They're not taking quite as many threes as Mike D'Antoni's Rockets teams did. But, but Coach Silas still is, I think, number three in the NBA in number of three-pointers attempted. So if you're going to be shooting a ton of threes like that, you have to shoot at least league average from the three-point line in order to uh, in order to make that work. And so the last five games, the Rockets' three-point shooting has has been getting better and looking up. And and really, that's because of a couple guys. Uh, Daniel House has been on fire uh, from the three-point line. His last six games, he's shooting sixty-five percent from three. And a new player, Kelly Olynyk, uh, got uh, you know got brought here at the trading deadline along with uh, you know some other players, uh, Avery Bradley and. DJ Augustine and DJ Wilson are new players that came in via trades. And Kelly Olynyk has been very good from the three-point line for the Rockets uh, in his uh, just handful of games. So things are looking up. You know, it's uh, it's been a rough season, but I think uh, the Rockets players have done a good job of keeping their their heads up, keeping things positive, uh, even though they had uh, a terrible losing streak. And now some of that's starting to pay off, or they're starting to make some shots. And you know, obviously in the game of basketball, the goal is to score as many points as you can and you know, making shots is the way you do it. I was going to ask you about Kelly Olenek. That was the one bright, one of the bright spots. There was actually also a couple more uh, from the Memphis game. The thought of him and Christian Wood, do, can you see a scenario with them both being on the court at the same time? Yeah, I can. You know, if I was coaching the Rockets, I for sure would start those two guys together. Olenek and Christian Wood are both big men. They're both 6'10", 6'11", but they're different kind of big men. You know, Kelly Olenek, came into the NBA as a, as a big, strong, physical guy, and, uh, and he's, he has slimmed down over his career and uh, really made himself into a good stretch big. He's uh, among, among all players that have ever played in the NBA, 6'11 or taller, he's number four on that list, a number of three-pointers made. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki's number one. So what Kelly's done is he's really remade his, his game into being a stretch big, but he still has the power game inside. And last game, I think he had 20 points in the paint. Uh, out of his 25 that he scored, so uh, he can he can be sort of a five. Christian Wood is a is a is a tall six ten guy with long arms, very slender, uh, kind of same body type that I had. But uh, Christian Wood is also a good three point shooter, but he can put it on the floor and he can create. He's got some great skill level, and so I would really like to see those two big men on the floor at the same time for the Rockets because you know it's not about. Uh, anymore it's not about the power game it's about the skill game and the more skilled players you can put on the floor that can create for themselves and create for others then the more open shots you're going to get and both uh Olenek and christian wood i believe can play alongside you know don't worry about their size they're both skilled so you can think of them as maybe like a six five uh wing guy except for they're really tall and you need those guys to be on the boards and helping the rebounding well, I'm just curious what you're seeing out of uh, John Wall. He's been so good for this team all year. 
Uh, you know, good to see him back from that injury. But these last couple games, shooting percentage has been way down. Uh, I know last time out he scored in the single digits for just the second time this season. Um, what's going on with John Wall? Why why has he been struggling these last handful of games? Yeah, that's a good question, and uh, I don't have the I, I don't know the answer for sure. But my speculation is that uh, he's he's sort of hitting a wall this season. Uh, literally, John Wall, <laughs> he's hitting the wall. But you know what John has done is he he's missed uh, the last couple of seasons with uh, Achilles tear, and so he you know uh, as an athlete, if you're not doing uh, your sport at the highest level, you know day after day, week after week, month after month, if you take two years off. Your body—it's going to take your body some time to get back up to that uh, ability to be able to handle games coming out to, coming at you as fast as, as they can. And, and this season, the NBA has packed games in the schedule way more packed uh, with the games than it has been in, in the previous five or ten years. So I think John's getting a little tired. When your legs get a little tired, uh, you don't shoot the ball nearly as well. And uh, and so this is sort of a stretch where John's got to just use his use his mental powers to power his body through. Uh, you know this this tough stretch. Don't worry about missing shots. Just keep doing what you're doing. And he's been he's been very good in the in three of the last five games. He's had ten or more assists. So as the point guard, you know he's still got to do his job as the point guard, and he's definitely doing that, creating shots and uh, and passing the ball to his open men. But but for sure his three point uh, shooting is down to it's thirty one point eight percent this season, which is pretty low. And uh, and so I think after. You know, if he can power through this stretch where his legs probably feel dead, and uh, and maybe he, if he can catch a second win towards the end of the season, he'll start shooting it better. Uh, Bull, one one thing that I love that the, the GM did, he went out and he got another O so we could keep the wow factor, you know, now yeah. by adding in Olenek. Uh, well, the other night I got a chance to ask um, Coach Silas and Jay Sean Tate about Kelly Olenek being on the floor. Can you just talk about a player like him being on the floor and opening up you know, other space, opening up space and avenues so a player like a Jay Sean Tate can operate and, and when you have point guards that can get to the basket like uh, KPJ and John Wall. Yeah, and I, and I got to make sure that, uh, Big Sergeant, we give you the credit for the wow factor. That was that was you who came up with that. Thank <laughs> and, you. Uh, and, uh, you know, with Olenek, uh, with Olenek out there, we still got the wow factor. And when you got uh, Kevin Porter out there, you got, say, Porter, Olenek, and, and Wood, you got the pow factor. So, uh <laughs> so we gotta, you know, we gotta get these guys out there and healthy and playing well. But uh, but you're right. Kelly Olynyk is a, is a is a unique basketball player in that he knows how to play, and he's had a couple of really nice games for the Rockets without any practice at all. He came in and fit right into the Rockets' offense. And I think what you're getting at is is the way he plays. Is uh, you know the Rockets have been playing five out uh, last season a lot. This season playing a lot more five out. And when you've got all five of your guys out around the three point line. The defense can sort of keep you outside the three-point line, and if you can't drive past your defender, then you can't really break the defense down and get into the paint. What a Linux can do is he can he can flash to the high post right there at the free throw line, and they can give him pass at the free throw line, and that breaks the defense down. So you don't always have to drive it into the paint to to uh, to break it down. You can pass it into the paint, and Kelly's a great passer, so he feels really comfortable in there around the high post. You can give him the ball, break the defense down. Guys can cut off of him. He made some really nice uh, passes for layups in the last couple of games. And so that brings the Rockets a, another sort of offensive style that they haven't had yet. And so 
Uh, I guess I saw on Twitter yesterday that uh, somebody said that Olenek was putting on a clinic. <laughs> oh, Sarge doesn't get credit for that one. I like that one. <laughs> Olenek putting on a clinic. I definitely like that. We're going to take a quick timeout. The Houston Rockets take on the Brooklyn Nets. So you know we have some questions regarding that team. We'll talk much more Houston Rockets with Matt Bullard on the other side of this timeout, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches. Two segments with Matt Bullard. Matt, I, I I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was about to call you out because you said something, and I'm sure Sam Cassell, uh, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, they'll probably give you crap for this. When you were talking about John Wall and some of his shortcomings, well, you didn't mention the shortcomings, Big Sarge did, and you said he's tired. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How many of your teammates would have walked into the locker room and said, eh, I'm tired today? <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. I think uh, you know most guys won't admit it, but I think in an NBA season when you've got games coming at you fast, for sure there are times when you are tired and, and you're not 100%. You know, that's really what makes a professional athlete uh, you know, heads and shoulders above uh, you know, college level or high school level. Is professionals got to go out there and, and play you know, every other night, sometimes back-to-back nights, and and uh, you're not you're not going to be 100. percent Maybe you have a handful of games every season where you feel 100. percent But but most of the nights you're not 100. percent And so you still got to go out there and, and do your best. You got to use your your mind to power through uh, that fatigue or whatever you feel. And uh, and uh, and so yeah. But you know the dream. He was never tired. He never admitted it for sure. And Sam Cassell and Mario Ellie and Vernon Maxwell. Those guys would never admit it. They just come out and just ball every single night. Tell me this, what, like for football, like towards the end of my career, my knees were just trash and I knew, okay, this is towards the end with basketball. I always imagined, would it be the shins because of the hard surface? Like when do you start to know what, what breaks down first? And I know every player is different, Matt, but typically what, what breaks down first for basketball players in their older age? I would say it's knees. Knees, uh, knees and on the basketball court are the ones that break down first. And then ankles, for sure, because you're spraining your ankle a ton. You know, I, I probably played 100 games uh, in my career where I had an ankle sprain that, you know, probably shouldn't have been playing on. But, hey, tape it up and let's go. Mm. And, uh, and then as you get older, your hips are, are also uh, ones that, that really start to feel it. And but I think knees are the, are the, are the major thing uh, that, that wear out on plays. I had five knee surgeries, uh, two on my uh, two on my left and three on my right. And, oh. So you're, you're definitely, you're definitely not a hundred percent. You know, after your knees start to go and you've had surgeries and, and clean outs and whatnot and, and, uh, you're out there really struggling. And that's what John Wall was doing. John talked about how he had a bone spur in his, in his heel and, uh, and then he had, you know, some knee issues and then he tore his Achilles. And so he's been out for a couple of years. And so I think he's really excited about, uh, you know, hey, I feel closer to a hundred percent than I felt in a long, long time. I'm going to go out there and play, but I think he's certain that, you know, the games are piling up on him and his, and his legs, you know, he hasn't been playing for two years. So that's, he's still got to get his, his uh, overall, uh, you know, body in shape to be able to handle all these games. Well, you talk about it taking a toll on the players. 
What about you guys as broadcasters? Because I've heard at times this year, Craig Ackerman sounds a little bit dejected. You guys, it can't be easy night in and night out. I mean, you you guys have, have been used to for the past you know, nearly a decade. This team has been a playoff team, constantly competitive, and so to see them struggle like this, it's it's got to be tough for you guys just night in and night out watching them lose game after game. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up because it is, you know, it is hard. I, I talked with, uh, you know, like Jim Peterson. Uh, he's a former Rocket who does the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, games on TV, and, he, and he's been covering a, a, just a, a garbage team for, you know, over a decade, for 15 years, and it's really hard when you're getting blown out game after game after game to come out with what we call blowout talking points and, uh, you know, still make the game exciting and fun for the listener to watch, even though you're down by 20 or 25. And, uh, and like you say, the Rockets have been really good for, for about 10 years. So, so Rockets TV has been easy. We've just been calling the games and enjoying the wins and, you know, watching a guy like James Harden, the best player in the NBA and, and, uh, you know, trying to say, trying to you know, point out, hey, look, he is the best player in the NBA. He should be the MVP. And nobody was listening to us while he was with the Rockets. And then he goes to the Brooklyn Nets. And now everybody's saying, oh, he's really good. He should be the MVP. And, and you know, Craig and I and, and Bill Worrell and Calvin Murphy, we're all saying, yeah, that's what we've been saying for the last 10 years. But, uh, but yeah, this season has been rough for the broadcasters. And, and not only just the games, but, you know, just trying to pull off a uh, you know a, a TV broadcast, which we have, you know, we got a big team of guys and girls, uh, ladies who work behind the scenes in the production crew. And, you know, we've all been trying to pull these games off without getting COVID, without anybody getting sick. We don't want it to spread around the, you know, spread around the TV truck, the production truck, and and uh, and so it's been uh, it's been a real tough season for us to to make sure we're getting the games on the air and then having a product on on TV that has not been good. It's been been rough. I feel like maybe this is probably one of our best seasons as far as being professional TV broadcasters that we've had in a long, long time, just because of all the challenges that we've had. Uh, you know, we're calling the road games off of uh, off of TV monitors in the studio from Houston, so we're not traveling, we're not there at the games, and and uh, and I think you know we're showing at AT and T Sportsnet that uh, we got a we got a professional crew, man. We've been able to pull this off under some really trying circumstances. Y'all are definitely doing a great job, and that's coming from a guy that's been watching. To make sure the Rockets aren't garbage for 10 years, what position, not so much player, I'm not telling you to you know give us a mock draft, but what position would you like to see them fill uh, with the upcoming draft with the top pick that they're probably going to get? Yeah, that's a good question. I was watching the games last night. I uh, watched uh, Jalen Suggs uh, for Gonzaga, and he's legit. Man, that guy can hoop. He had a great game last night. He, he's going to be a great pro. And I was watching, uh, you know, the tall seven-footer from uh, – um, I can't come over the name right now. Mobley? Seven, yeah, yeah, Mobley, yeah. Yep. And he, he's, uh, he's still a few years away, in my opinion. He's got great size, super long arms, moves really well. Shows that he can handle the ball a little bit, but he doesn't have a very good jumper yet. So he's a guy that I think if you're looking for help right away, he you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to pick him because he's I think he's still you know he's a player that looks like Christian Wood to me. You know Christian Wood wasn't at his best until he was 25 years old. I wasn't at my best until I was 25 years old, and I think Mobley's going to be that kind of player where it's going to take him several years to really get the sort of strength and skills that he's going to need to be really good in the NBA. But, man, Suggs last night, he almost had a triple-double, and his jumper is beautiful, and he can create off the dribble. And, and so I think, you know, for the Rockets, the Rockets do have Christian Wood at that, uh, at that big spot. And Kelly Olenek 
is a free agent at the end of the year, but the Rockets can re-sign him. They've got his bird rights, which means they can re-sign Kelly Olynyk and go over the cap to keep him. So I don't think the Rockets should be looking at a guy like Mobley. I think a guy like Suggs, who can play the wing position and be another uh, ball handler, playmaker, and knockdown three-point shooter would be the sort of player that you'd want to add to this team. But, but like you say, this is the first time in a long time the Rockets have had uh, a draft pick that's really going to matter. And the Rockets actually have a possibility of having three draft picks this year. So the guys in the front office have got to do their work. They've got to, they got to look at every possible player, uh, every, every available player, and get a good feel for who's going to fit on the team. And, and that's a lot of work. And uh, so you know, the Rockets uh, general manager, Rafael Stone, has been very busy remaking this roster since uh, the James Harden trade, and he's got a lot more work ahead of him coming up with the draft. Bull, is continuity playing a part in the Rockets going in these scoring droughts? Because they'll play good for three quarters, and then it'll be one quarter. Well, it seems like they just can't put the ball in the basket. So is that due to the continuity and the, the lineup changes like you spoke of earlier? Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the Rockets have had so many different uh, uh, so many different starting lineups, and then, you, and then that means that you, your bench guys are coming in at different times and playing with different guys. And this season, the games have been so packed in that you really don't have much practice time. And when you do have a day for practice, you don't want to you don't want to overwork the guys. You don't want to you know wear their legs out so they're tired for the next day. So really, the practices are more like mental practices where you're just sort of walking through or maybe going half speed on some of the things you need to work on. Uh, the Rockets this season uh, do have 15 different players that have had a 20 point game, which is the most in the NBA. So. So they've had a lot of different guys stepping up and, and scoring points, but it's just been so many different lineups, so many different guys in and out, uh, guys getting hurt, missing games, having to come back. And, uh, and so, you know, Coach Silas, when he took this job with the Rockets, he was thinking, I'm going to have James Harden, Russell Westbrook, we're going to have Eric Gordon, uh, we're going to have Christian Wood, and we're going to be playing for a championship. And, and none of that happened. So Stephen Silas has had to really shift gears and, and, uh, and try to remake this thing on the fly. And I, I feel like, you know, Coach Silas is doing the best that he can, but you can see it on his face. Even when he's wearing his mask, man, he's got you know, big dark circles under his eyes. He's not sleeping much, and, uh, you know, he's under a lot of stress. And so I'm hoping that the Rockets can find some success towards the end of the season to maybe help him out and maybe make him feel a little bit better because Coach Silas is a great dude, man. He's, uh, I've known him since uh, my last year as a player in Charlotte. He was his first year as an assistant coach there. So we've known each other since we were young, and, and he's definitely deserving to get this uh, get this opportunity with the Rockets, but it certainly is not going the way he was expecting or any of us were expecting it to go. Speaking of deserving, the 800-pound elephant in the room, the Rockets are taking on the Brooklyn Nets tonight, is hard and deserving of the MB- MVP this season. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, he absolutely is. And he's been deserving of it the last few years. And uh, and, and it's been it's been frustrating you know, to, to call his games and, and to see what an unbelievable player James Harden is and to be talking about it on a nightly basis and then have all the national guys just busting on him. And, uh, of course, all that's flipped now. It's like, uh, you know, the narrative now is, 
you know, James Harden is a great player, and but he's been doing this for for you know every time he was with the Rockets, he's been killing. And I'm trying to come up with this stat that I saw. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> yeah, James Harden uh, is uh, has, has recorded uh, a triple double against 26, 26 different NBA teams, and uh, his, he has he has a chance here tonight to have a triple double against his old team, the Rockets. And the Rockets are the last team in the NBA that he hasn't scored 30 on. So uh, he might be able to do that tonight. And, and uh, you know, it, it is unfortunate the way he forced his way out of, uh, of, of Houston to go join the super team in Brooklyn. But that doesn't diminish what a great player he is. And I always say he's the most efficient scorer in NBA history, and the numbers back that up. I know Daryl Morey said the same thing. And, and uh, if you look at the points per 100 possessions, James Harden is by far and away the most efficient scorer uh, in NBA history. And, and what he's done is changed the game. You know, the, the, the Harden step back three, uh, the way he plays uh, offense, creating for, for players. And, and, uh, and, and he's, he's averaging 25 points a game. He's creating 25 points a game uh, for his teammates, which is an insane amount of points that you're just creating for for the guys you're playing with, and the reason why he's able to do such a good job with that with the Nets is because they got they got really good shooters. They've got guys that can knock the you know knock the three point sh- uh, shot down. Joe Harris is one of the best three point shooters in the NBA, and when Kevin Durant comes back and he's healthy, he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. And Kyrie Irving has been in and out of the lineup, and of course when when James and Kyrie are playing, it's uh, you know basically unstoppable when you got two all stars like that. So the Nets also haven't had their full lineup. Uh, for most of the season because Durant's been out a whole bunch and, and Kyrie's been in and out of the lineup. But James Harden is the one guy who's there every single night, you know, coming out to play. He says he loves the hoop, and we saw that for, for eight years, nine years with the Rockets, and he's doing that now with the Nets. Well, I'm just curious your thought as the, the season starts to wind down. We're under 30 games left in the season, and as it stands, the Rockets are you know, 10, 11 games out of, a wild card, or out of that playoff spot. Um, as we get down the stretch, I mean, if it gets mathematically where you know they can't, uh, they can't make the playoffs. What's your thought on strategy down the stretch? Because you know the the lottery system is set up where you can't tank, but we do know you know with the the situation with the draft pick, if the Rockets you know get a top four pick, they keep it. If not, it conveys elsewhere. It, it's a sticky situation because you never want to tank, you never want to give up, you never want to say throw in the towel, but. From a fan perspective, it gets to a point where we say, hey, the future of the franchise may be better if we do lose down the stretch. What's kind of your thought on the whole tanking thing? Yeah, it's a good question. And I, I was uh, when I was playing, I remember Rudy Tomjanovich having the same conversation. There was one year where uh, we were going down the stretch and we weren't, uh, you know, we were kind of teetering on uh, uh, if we we're going to make the playoffs or not. And, and I remember Rudy talking about it, you know, hey, should we – you know, should we try to, you know, maybe try to lose games so that we can improve our draft position? Uh, and that was back, you know, when, you know, tanking really did uh, give you better draft picks. Um, and I remember really coming up with the, uh, with the, final, the, the final decision. He goes, you know what? The game of basketball is too important. Uh, you know, the respect for the game is something that you have to have as a professional. You have to respect the game of basketball as a player, as a coach. And so – we're going to respect the game. We're going to go out and try to win every single night. And just wherever our draft pick ends up is where it ends up. But we're going to respect the game by going out there and playing hard every night. There's other teams that are counting on us, you know, to, to play our opponent 
to the best of our ability. And if we beat that opponent, then that uh, you know some other teams around the league would benefit. So I, I'm I'm of the same mind as Rudy that you don't that you don't tell your players, hey, we're going to tank. You know, you don't tell your players, hey, try to lose. That's just disrespecting the game, and it also creates bad habits for players. So I think you I think you go out and you try to play you know to the best of your ability, and you continue to work on your chemistry and your offense and and how you're going to play so that uh, when you come back the following year, you have a foundation to build on. But that's not to say that, hey, you might shut down John Wall uh, towards the end of the season. He's got a knee that needs a, that needs a scope. Uh, you know, maybe you shut him down early so that he's not out there playing, making that knee worse and giving you a chance to win more, but you just shut him down and, and then maybe, uh, you know, you just organically lose some games that way. But, but this season is interesting. If, the, you know, the Rockets have a 50, if the Rockets don't make the playoffs, they got a 52% chance at the top four pick. And that's a kind of a coin flip. You know, like, I'd take that to try to get a, a top four pick. For sure, I'd, I'd flip a coin to see if we could get a top four pick. Back when, uh, when Akeem Olajuwon was coming out of the University of Houston, the Rockets won a coin flip to get him. So, hey, maybe that coin flip will help the Rockets this year around. That's the voice of Matt Bullard. Follow him on Twitter, at Bull50, and you can hear him here every single week. Matt, as always, we appreciate your time and your expertise. Thanks, guys. All right, Matt Bowler joining us for his weekly segment. Going to take a quick timeout, and if you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. Some great, great news regarding the NFL. We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome and welcome back in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Hope you're enjoying your Wednesday here. Big shout out to our main man, Matt Bullard, for joining us for two segments. The only voice you need to hear when it comes to the Houston Rockets, as he is a champion, not just on the court, but when it comes to broadcasting the sports. Did you see any of the uh, Alabama had their second pro day yesterday? And mm-hmm. it's funny because they keep just coming up. My buddy was like, oh, why are they showing Bama so much love? I'm like, well, they're supposed to have 13 guys drafted and probably going to set a record for most guys drafted in the first round this year. But it was funny because a lot of the big-time coaches were on hand yesterday. Kyle Shanahan, Bill Belichick, all of them. In fact, there was a funny video in the background you could see while the drills are going on. Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, and Josh McDaniels are all just talking. And Saban's like really animated and shit, doing all these things with his hands. And somebody was like, God, I'd pay to hear that conversation. Right. <laughs> just like, what are Saban and Belichick talking about? But uh, Mac Jones, the quarterback who everybody's expecting to be a you know draft in the first round, Couple his throws, his long throws, he he overthrew guys, and the NFL Network cameras cut back to Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick was just shaking his head. Really? <laughs> they're like, wow, that doesn't bode well. That, like, you know, again, it was just one throw, but right. like, it's one of those things. We're like, well, I guess go ahead and take Mac Jones off the Patriots list. Bill Belichick doesn't seem like he would show his thoughts like that. Now, was he shaking his head? In he didn't know he was com- on camera. Well, I know that, but I'm saying, was he talking to someone? Yeah, I was going to say, is it possible that he was shaking his head to something else and it so happened that it was the exact time? Like, did his assistant say, hey, you want some coffee? And he's like, no, I'm good. And they're like, oh, he's upset at that throw. Well, then they cut to Kyle Shanahan at another one where he overthrew somebody. And Kyle Shanahan just had this, like, worried look on his face. And people were saying... Do you think he's already committed to ownership that had taken <laughs> Mac Jones at three and now he's like, oh God, what did we just do? But it is interesting because I listened to some of his interviews and he's a very likable guy. Like I never I didn't really hear Mac Jones talk much this year, but I can easily see how remember uh, Matt Rule was coaching the senior bowl and he was like, Man, 
this Mac Jones guy, I really like this. Like, you can see he's winning over a lot of coaches and personnel because he says all the right things. Oh, man, this isn't about me. This is about all my teammates. Why wouldn't I throw it a pro day? That's what you're supposed to do at a pro day, right? I mean, like, all the things you're like, wow, I like this guy. Does that happen sometimes at the NFL where, like, a coach is just, you fall in love with the guy's personality oh, I'm sure. and you overlook the skill set. I'm sure it happens. I mean, look, here's the que- uh, here's the answer and my proof that it happens. Paxton Lynch, Josh Rosen, Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, Mitchell Trubisky, Blake Bortles, EJ Manuel, Dwayne Haskins. The list goes on and on, and I'm not going back to the 90s. We're talking about the last eight or nine years. Those were all Daniel Jones, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Tim Tebow, Blaine Gabbard, Brandon Whedon. Like, again, I'm not going back more than 20 years. Those were all first-round picks at the quarterback position. And it's they were utter failures at that position with the number pick that they were spent on. That it happens all the time, and I'm wondering is Mac Jones the next in line? Because we just started hearing about him, and oh, he's great. He graduated in two and a half years. He's almost done with grad school. Like that's great. Like I want to say that about my son. Yeah. I would rather that be said about my son. But what in the world does that have to do with playing quarterback in the NFL? The fact that, and I've heard it so many times that he's graduated in two and a half years. I know it means he's smart, he's studious. You know who else is smart? A bunch of Ivy League quarterbacks that haven't made it in the NFL. So I'm very hesitant to jump on board and think that any of these guys outside of Trevor Lawrence will be the face of a franchise for the next 10 years. That includes Justin Fields and his 4-4-40. Like, okay, that's cool. But when I watched him against the big-time opponents in the biggest game, I was wondering if this guy could play at the next level. So history shows probably only two of these guys are going to pan out. Absolutely. It, it, two, I'll, I'll, two's high. We'll, we'll, our opinions will change over the next couple weeks, but I'll ask you again today. Give me the two that you think that you would bet on, buy stock on, that you think will be hits and not misses. I will say, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. So the true question is who's going to be the other one. I, I, you know what, just the answer to the question, I'm going to throw out Justin Fields okay. if he's with the right offensive coordinator You know that can utilize so you, his strength. So you like them over Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance? See, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and uh, Mac Jones, the fact that we weren't even talking about them two years ago makes me a little nervous. Yeah. I'll say this, too. Bama's Pro Day overshadowed A&M had theirs yesterday. My buddy there said, Kellen Mond looked pretty good. That's my guy. Shut, no, stop. Sam, stop. Ellinger, Sam Ellinger and Kellen Mond. I'm just passing that on. I'm not trying to – you're not going to convince me. I'm just passing that info Okay. One of those guys, Sam Ellinger and or Kellen Mond, will have a better career than the first-round quarterbacks we keep hearing Ooh. about outside of That's Trevor bold. Lawrence. I asked my buddy, too, by the way. I said, give me a comp on Kellen Mond. And he thought for a long time, and he goes, don't kill me. Because think about where he was when he came out. He said Dak. He said Dak from a standpoint from a standpoint of he was third, fourth round, you know, not very highly thought of. Okay, he's got something there. That's not bad. But now yeah. they're different size and all right. that. But he was talking from a standpoint of we were not all on deck. Like you say Dak now, you're like, oh come on. Right. Guy's one of the best passers in the league. He was not coming out of college. So miss. Al, what you got, Al? Big Al, can you hear us? Yes. What you got? Oh, oh! I want to say thank you guys for being on the air. I love listening to you. Thank My you. first question is, can you be on longer than <laughs> 10 to 12? 
And can you come on on Saturdays? You know what? I wouldn't mind doing Saturdays, Al. Uh, my kids might not like that or wife. As far as being on longer, I have to go to work. I appreciate it, but I have to go to work. <laughs> Quick timeout, Larry. You know dang well I'm not rushing you, so the floor is yours when we come back on the other side of this timeout in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back. One more segment to go, and I can't, you know what? I don't even know if I mentioned this because I talked about it and I was excited off air, but the NFL, the National Football League, they're making plans. I've heard of it. Not just the plans to have 17 games. Yay. That's, that is good. That was not a sarcastic <laughs> yay. Not just plans for Sounded sarcastic. removing one preseason game. Yay. You know, there's only three preseason games now. That's really going to happen. I'm for that. Yeah, oh, I think everyone is for that. But, <laughs> but it's ridiculous to think that's actually going to help anything. No. The the star players, the players that are going to play that 17th game, they're going to play the same amount of preseason games <laughs> this year as they played last year. You know year. who it helps, Andy? Verizon, uh, Pepsi, Amazon. All the spot, the TV sponsors right. that get that for, extra. For that last the, all the eyeballs on that extra real game. Now, Andy, I don't mean to cut you off, but I have a, a real quick question. Does that hurt players trying to make the team, removing that fourth preseason game, because some of the players go out there, and that's when they make the team special teams or practice squad, right? That's actually a great question. Three games is enough. Three games, because a lot of those guys, those Arian Fosters, those sixth, seventh round picks that are opening eyes, they open them at practice. They open the eyes at practice, then coaches okay. are like, oh, let me see what Brian can do. Let me, you know, I, we thought he was going to be a camp body. He had a great practice. He had a great week of practice. Let's see what he does in the preseason game. Then after three games, they're like, okay, he's that guy. That, that's a good question. Well, now, if you got rid of preseason completely, then I would say that does hurt well, some of the We just guys. saw that this past year, though, and my question would be, uh, pr present that question. Did Was that, the NFL product hurt at all this year with no preseason? I don't know if the product was hurt. But there's a couple of guys sitting at home right now that probably could have and should have made a team if they were given the opportunity to play in a few preseason games. Yeah. I will definitely say that. But the plans the NFL that they're making to open its stadiums to full capacity this upcoming season. That, that, that just feels good. Whether or not you believe they should, whether or not there's going to be situations where they say, hey, you can come, but you have to prove that you've been vaccinated, you have to wear a mask, just knowing that they're planning to open its stadiums to full capacity, capacity, that's a good, good thing to hear. I'm not going this year, but it's just good to hear that, you know what, they're opening up the stadium. We're at that weird spot, though, where we're like, we're, start, we're, not, we're not where we need to be with vaccines yet, right. but we're getting there, and that's like that a lot of people are like, you know, we're, we're, you just keep saying, just wait, just right. wait. But a lot of people are like, no, let's go. Like, let's 100%, let's go now. And it's that weird kind of spot. But I do think by September... I think we'll be in a spot where majority of the population will be vaccinated. The quote-unquote herd immunity will right. be in effect. I don't have any problem going to games. My question, I keep bringing up, and I'll keep bringing this up, you put 90,000 people in that stadium or, or 70,000 people, and you got 45 ushers, mm -hmm. how are they going to police still wearing yeah. masks? Well, I got you. That That is going to be tough. Larry, what's going on, Larry? Hey, what's going on, fellas? I'm going to chime in on a couple of things. As far as that NFL and the scheduling of 17 games, we've always talked about this whole natural rivalry thing, man, and they should just make it to Texans and the Cowboys or the, the 
the Texans and the Saints and Cowboys or however they can do it. So that it would be some incentive for the fans that really start getting back into, you know, really watching the NFL. So I hope they do it, man. I'd like to see it go to 18 games and two preseason games because Big Charge, you and I both know, like Indy said, you're going to make your, your way when you're practicing in OTAs and mini camps and, and, and training camps. So by the time you get to the game three, I'm not trying to watch that garbage anyway because I don't want to see Alfred Blue no more or whoever else they put hey over now. there. LSU proud. Now, I knew, I knew that's why I hit you with it, Chris. And we're going to go to Jamar Chase real quick. That 4-3-8 and the fact that he sat out the whole season and he ran Whew. a 4-3-8 and brought up that. That dog just made him a whole bunch of money, man, and he might be heading up there to Cincy with his boy. That was an impressive performance by Chase, man, and we knew he was going to be that kind of dude, man, because when he was at, at LSU, he was just that dude. As far as the quarterback, look. Hold on real quick because I brought this yeah. up. You, you said, you know, you're first of all, it's impressive. I'm not taking anything away from the numbers, but you, were, you said especially since he didn't play this year. To me, uh-huh. I would expect those guys to have better numbers because they didn't play. All they did was train and train for these drills. Correct, Andy. No, I'm not taking it because we know what Danny Arnold and all those guys do when right. they get those guys over there and to get them to perform for the combine. But still, the fact of the matter is, is that he chose to set out the season. That tells me more about his work ethic that he didn't sit around and get gotcha. fat and lazy, gotcha. and he got over there and got to work. So that means he worked every single day, damn near, to be able to go out there and do that. So, but I'm not taking anything away from actually being on the field because I like seeing him on the field. Next thing. Y'all talking about which quarterback's going to make it? My guess is it's going to be uh, Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Trask from Manfield because wow. when you go back and you look and you see what he did when he only played at, at Manville for one game or behind De'Ari King, then he go to Florida and become the man up there. If y'all don't remember who the quarterback was at Alabama before Mark Jones or Mac Jones, it was Tua. Mac Jones is going to be exactly what Trubisky was when he played one year at North Carolina. So I'm not trying to see Mac Jones move into the top five at all. You can miss me with all that. Next thing on Nick Casario, he didn't say nothing, man. What he should have been up there saying is that I'm going to keep my damn quarterback because we don't have one over there that's worth winning right now. I get it. He's playing the public relations game, but I'm not buying Nick the slick because that fool still did not explain to me what the hell Jack Easterby does as a job over there. Last thing, Astros, your ass better sign loose today and I'll holler. You ain't lying. We, we Last even, chance. For we didn't even touch on it, but they uh, the, another cut from Nick Casario. He again was asked by Albert Breer, what is Jack Easterby's role? And he said, and again, he goes, Jack does a lot of things. He's very important to our organization. No one knows what he does. He's just very important. Does a lot of things. Is it time to stop asking the question? Yeah, because they're not going to – He's not go, one, he's not going anywhere. Two, they're not going to tell you what he does. So just stop. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, this is just coming from Rusty Harden, uh, press release, saying that Deshaun um, – they've issued a release saying 18 massage therapists have come forward in support of Watson – Saying that he was he was very professional and every time they dealt with him, here's the thing. And this is 18 more. <laughs> that means there's How 39. many damn different massage therapists is this dude wow. going to? So you have 21 coming out against you, 18 coming out in support of you. Then there's probably like 10 more just saying I don't want to be a part of it at all. It, you know that sounds like wow. Playing space. Hey, how many you got? Oh, I got six in the possible. <laughs> but you know what? 
the 18, he probably went to go see them over the last two days. Real quick. Like, hey, give me a massage. I'm not touching you. Like, did, did none of them do, like, he didn't find one that just did a really good job. He's like, man, you're really good. I'll be back next week. He's just a membership at Massage Envy. I won't even get 18 barbers to touch my hair, and I don't care about my hair. Then to touch my butt. Anyway, you know what? Same time, same place. God willing, tomorrow in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.